Welcome to On Purpose, where you can find a community of financial service movers and shakers who are changing the face of finance. Hear from award winners, thought leaders, authors, and executives who are part of the undercurrent of industry change. They're pushing the edge and frankly, doing things differently on purpose. Let's dive in. All right. Well, Jamie, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I, um, as I was mentioning just a few minutes ago, I've had so much fun following you, um, and just really admire, you know, that you've really put in your, put yourself out there. I know we're going to get into it with the books that you've written, but also just really embracing this idea of being, being a mother and this financial planning world, um, and, and professional world, if you will. And, being very comfortable with that. And so I love just to start with you sharing a little bit more about your journey to where you got to where you are today, but then also want to hear more about the books and sort of what led you to that. So I'll, uh, I'll pass the baton and, and let you uh, uh, share a little bit more. Okay. Sounds great. Uh, so I have been a financial planner for 19 years now, which is so funny to say. And I actually got a degree in financial planning. So I graduated from college with that degree. Uh, but I got into the field completely by accident. Okay. Um, I was a, a first generation college student and went to school to become a teacher, actually. And I think that was more just because I didn't know the, what all the jobs were that were out there. Right. Uh, but when I was a sophomore in college, my parents filed for bankruptcy. Oh, goodness. And that raised a lot of questions for me. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, how did this happen? What does this mean? Are they going to jail? Like, how do I prevent this from happening to me? Right. Uh, yeah. Cause that's when I really realized that I must not know very much about money or have good examples about it. So I wanted to learn how to handle money myself mm. and ended up taking a personal finance class at Kansas state university, uh, just for me, you know, not to major in it or anything, but just for sure. my own knowledge. Right. And so I ended up taking that first course. Um, and then another one, Yes. And then as I got more into it, I realized, you know, what a cool profession, right? It's a great wow. way to help people, you know, avoid mistakes and create a better life and get organized. And it just seemed like a really rewarding profession. So I ended up changing my major uh, my junior year and becoming a financial planning graduate. And here you are and it's stuck, right? So <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's stuck. And Okay. So I don't want to project or fast forward, but now you're, you've written these books, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, now you're sort of getting into this idea of, of educating the future, right? About financial planning. Tell us more about that and kind of the why, how did the spark, how did you actually get to producing the books? I mean, yeah. So tell, tell us more about, that, about <laughs> you know, okay. not just being a full-time financial planner, but then also now thinking about these kind of, I'll call it, if you want to call it a side project. So yeah. Yeah. So um, the writing piece, like I've always loved to write. So I, I did writing blogs and um, just like company education things for all the firms I worked for along right. the ways. Like, for example, when I worked at a bank, they would come out with the new benefits for the you know company benefit sign up. And I would help explain things to people and I'd get the same questions from people. So I like we'll do a write up and be like, hey, here's what to think about when you're filling out your 401k. Uh, here's what this short term disability policy means and how it works. Mm. And so I, I I like to communicate through writing. And I think explaining things through writing is really helpful. 
Mm -hmm. So in my uh, current role at Aspire Wealth Partners, I've been there for about 10 years Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where the motherhood journey started as well. So when I first started at Aspire, my first child um, was six months old and then I've had three more since. So so, um, I found that I was like living a lot of the experiences that clients were going through. Right. So, you know, you talk about like, oh, daycare is really expensive, right? Well, I was dealing with it myself, right? Like right. we were working with people. Relatable. How do we figure out how to add this, you know, $1,200 a month line item to our budget? Where does it fit? How do we move things around? And then just um, all the things that go with it, right? Like you need to buy the the bed and the stroller and the rocking chair and all these new things. And so I was kind of writing about it as I was going through it right. and trying to make it kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I ended up writing a lot of blogs kind of targeted to that young mother audience who's a, you know, working mom trying to figure things out. Right. And, you know, you're balancing all these competing priorities of paying off your own student loans, but you're also now saving for college for a child and, and all these things. Um, so, so that's really where the journey began. And I, and I remember thinking, I could maybe write a book about this, like with the money boss mom vibe. And I actually bought the domain name money boss mom in 2017. Okay. I didn't actually write that book until 2021. Oh, I love it. It's like, it's in the works. It's been like brewing and everything. So it's percolating. So I I started like organizing some of my blogs into chapters Mm -hmm. and just kind of putting them in folders. Like, okay, I'll get to this one day. Right. But but it took a lot longer than I thought it did would. <laughs> but but the first book I actually published was Milton the Money Savvy Pup Brings Home the Bacon, and that is a kids book about money that focuses just on the basics of identifying coins and their value, understanding that money is earned by working, mm-hmm. and that sometimes you have to wait and save to get what you want. Mm-hmm. And that book really started because I I couldn't find a lot of great books out there for kids about money. Mm-hmm. Cause at this point I, um, I think I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I was like, Oh, I need to start teaching these kids about money. Right. What's out there. So I kind of bought whatever I could find. And then by the time my son, my oldest son was five, we were, we were shopping at target one day and he's like, Oh, I really need this. And it was a like $60 remote control, giant truck thing. And I said, you know, that's not in our spending plan today. Right. And his response was, we'll just buy it on Amazon then. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. So, (laughs) so clearly my son doesn't understand that buying things on Amazon is actually also a financial purchase. Right. And so I really started digging into like, okay, what concepts can a five-year-old understand about money? Um, and how can I put those into a framework where we can talk about it? Right. Right. So I have to ask, I'm a mom as well. Right. And I have two little ones. Mm -hmm. We do the star system, right? You earn, you get chores, you do chores, you get stars and you can earn things. Like you get to go to Starbucks for a cake pop or something. Right. I love it. When, When do you really feel like you can start talking about money to kids and what kind of things have you learned along the way to be able to help? kind of them kind of have those moments, right. Of like, it's not just stars and this, or that, you know, your family is working to, to, I mean, for lack of better words, like put food on the table. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I love to hear a little bit more about sort of when's that's introduced and how have you helped to sort of create 
uh, positive saving patterns and just, yeah, that's, that's that kind of thing for, for children. So. Sure. Uh, well, it's a work in progress, you know, yes. they're still all under totally age fair. It always is too new to rate. They might not be learning anything, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, what, but what's been fun on our journey um, is I feel like when you give kids money and you give them some power with it, right. So you yes. give them the decision-making power. Yes. Right? So if you say, okay, you know, you earned, $5 for these chores that you did. And now we'll take a trip to target at the end of the month and you can get whatever you know, it is. With yep. their money. And it's really exciting to watch them kind of put things together and see, okay, like how much does this actually cost? How much do right. I have? If I spend money on this, then I won't have any more to buy right. something else with. Right. Uh, and so, and so I feel like that's just really cool to see them start thinking that way. Yes. And I don't think they really get there until like seven or eight where right. they're like really thinking really about clicks. it. Yeah. Cause my five-year-olds, they get paid and they have money too, but they just like, they give it away to their friends. They'll be, they'll be like, Oh, here. Oh, they'll like put it in the yard. Like they just don't value it. Yet. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense though. Right. Which is why I was asking about the age, right? Like the timing yeah. of this. Yeah. yeah. But I think with older kids, especially my 10 year old, like when we're shopping, he's very thoughtful now about, okay, you know, I'm kind of interested in this thing. And so I'll take a picture of it with my phone. So we have a picture of the item, a picture of the cost, and then he'll leave it there and be like, I just want to think about it. And then right. we'll like walk around some more. He'll shop some more. And now most of the time he actually decides not to buy something. Mm. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to keep saving for something, something bigger. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to keep saving. Yeah. But my eight-year-old is like, he'll look through a bunch of things. So like dump it all in the cart. Like, Yeah. And then it'll be like $70 worth of things. He has $30. <laughs> so then we have to talk about, okay, well, you know, what's a priority? Do you right. really think you'll enjoy having this toy? Um, you know, why do you want this one over this? And so, yeah. but I think that just the act of the decision-making and seeing what things cost right. is really the, the learning part of the process. Yeah. Because technically really you want them to kind of spend money on silly things now. Yes. Yes. Like, and make mistakes and, and, and figure this out. So they are learning the mistakes now while it's um, not a big deal. Right. But they're not making these mistakes when they're, you know, in college or something. Absolutely. So I love the idea of books too, right? Like we're, we've, we're all about books over here. And I feel like there's such a good way to introduce children to the world for whatever it might be, right. To be able to expose them to just anything, anything from hiking to potty training to, you know, just learning about the world, right? Travel, all of it. So mm -hmm. you started with this book, right? To be able to help tell the story and the journey, but then what sparked you to write more than one book? You know, I mean, it's a, it's an endeavor to be able to write one alone, let alone multiple and sort of where did that, yeah. What, what happened after you wrote the first one and then kind of what sparked the, the preceding ones? So, okay. Yeah. So the first Milton book, um, you know, like I had said, I'd kind of researched the different concepts that kids can understand at different age right. groups. And, you know, that, that first one told a good story about like kind of waiting and saving and, and learning that you earn money by working. And then I felt like there was just more concepts that kids could still understand. Right. So the second book is really about the kind of give, save, spend concept where you mm -hmm. have, you know, like the three jars where each time you get yep. paid, you don't just spend it all. You, yeah. you know, you allocate some to giving, you allocate some to saving, and then you can spend the rest. 
Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, I, we actually use those jars with my kids. And so I wanted to kind of solidify that story and, and what right. that means. Cause I feel like when kids get money, people never say, how much are you going to save? Yes. You know, they're always just like, what are you going to buy? What are you going to buy with that? It's burning a hole in your pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there, but there's other things you can do with money instead of just spend it. So, um, so yeah, and I actually have to stand upon kind of that first idea of then what do you, what do you do with it? So, yeah. So now you're earning the money in the first book, you're identifying the coins and their value. And then like, okay, now, you know, that there's a better way I can work with this money. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I feel like that saving habit, like the earlier you instill that habit of like, every time I get money, I save a portion of it. Right. I mean, that will really help you in adulthood. Cause I feel like a lot of adults struggle with that. Right. And so if yeah. we can make it a habit, that's the so- goal. Okay. So just to also take a step back here, putting on the marketer hat, right? You've spent all these years of writing blog content, raising children, building these communities. Have you found yourself having more and more families come to the firm? Um, Sort of, has that kind of attracted that target since as you put that energy out there? Is it more just been that this is sort of a value add to your current clients? I'd love to hear a little bit about that too. Yeah. So I would say right now, you know, the client's that I work with now and the clients that I bring to the firm typically are people in their thirties and forties, mm-hmm. uh, do working parents that have kids at home. They're figuring out life and life changes every couple of years when you have another kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it has really, um, zoned in on, you know, parents as that's who I'm best at working with. Um, and, and it, and I feel like when I started the books, I, thought it would be a great like gift for clients, you know, like if they're having right. a baby or if they were older clients that are having grandkids, right. um, but it has been a good marketing tool mm-hmm. where I don't really pursue, you right. know, these people as clients, but they, you know, see some content, they see my books and then they might reach out to me yeah. to, to do some planning. Yeah. It just is sort of a indirect effort. Like you don't realize, right. You're adding value out to that community. And then it just happens to, mm-hmm. I don't know, like breeds like, right. So if it's something, right. <laughs> yeah, then it, it, it sort of comes with it. So it's, it's a validating, um, I guess, answer, if you will. Right. Even if that wasn't the intent that is, and sometimes that's the best, right. It's not the intent, but it's just literally like, this is something I'm passionate about. I want to make the world better. And I see an opportunity here and it happens that it just not only helps, but it is, it's creating other people that you can help too. So, um, exactly. Yeah. It's a win-win, but um, that's so great. So, um, okay. Just taking another step back here. So now you've kind of leaned more into this idea of, of supporting this, um, you said thirties and forties, you know, group put together books, about financial literacy, all these, I'm sure it's opened up other conversations in this space around financial literacy, educating, you know, children, the next generation, what kind of things are you hearing? I'll call it in the financial planning world related to these kinds of conversations. I love to kind of hear if there's certain like undercurrents or themes or just, um, yeah, if, if noticing patterns of other people that go, I'm so grateful you did this. I, I also needed those books or, or what are you hearing? Yeah, well, I feel like in the industry in general, you know, literacy has is, is always been something that's very important. And it's it's something that, you know, people aren't learning in school. So what they do learn, they are picking up from their parents, you know, just by observation or they're learning by trial and error. And, you know, they're making a lot of mistakes along the way. 
Mm. So there's been a, a big focus and a, a lot of great organizations are really working on financial literacy content, activities, books, uh, and those sort of things. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the conversation I hear with practitioners now is like literacy is one piece of it, right? Like the education is important. And if you don't have that baseline education, it's hard to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest factor is really the behavior side of the equation too. Yeah. So it's like, you might know what you should be doing, but do you do that and and why not? Right. So kind of looking at more of the, the bigger picture with whoever you're talking to or working with or yourself, if you're like analyzing the way you act around money mm-hmm. and people, you know, do what they do with money in a subconscious way, almost. Right. right? Like it's it's their money scripts by like Dr. Brad Klontz of like how they grew up and, and how they learned about money and. Yes you know, they might hoard money for some reason because they saw their parents suffer or they might be a spendthrift um, just because they never had anything growing up. So they want to buy all the things now that they can. Um, So so a lot of it's getting to the behavior side of things too and working around, um, okay, I know this about myself now, or I know this about my client now, what like systems can we put in place to make this more streamlined for them so they can- they can save without having to think about it or getting in their own way. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's absolutely fair, right? It's, it's um meeting, meeting the individual where they are, but I also mm-hmm. think, you know, to, to a lot of, of what you're working on too, is bringing up that next generation and creating those positive, you know, those positive um, behavior patterns. So, mm-hmm. and helping just to be aware of that and creating a tool to be able to do that. So, and I would imagine even just talking with your clients too, those kind of conversations will probably help their children and, and so on and so forth. So it's, um, would come full circle. So, so mm-hmm. fun. Well, this is really great to hear about. I, as I mentioned, when we, um, when we started to just kind of opening up here, I also just admire that you put yourself out there as a mother you know, as a, a working professional and, um, cause it's not, it's not an easy fleet, right. It's totally hats off to working parents because, you know, being one of them, I know it's it just, it just is, uh, it's just part of it. So, um, I love that you put yourself out there, but not only that have been able to, you know, be able to hold that, that, um, professional space, but then also to be able to support, you know, the next generation. So it's, a uh, like I said, many win-wins, but thank um, you. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And I think it, if you can, you know, give your children the tools to, to at least understand financial concepts and and give them some space to practice things uh, while they're still young and under your roof, I think that'll just set them up for a lot of success in the future. Yeah, so fair. So, well, any last thoughts or? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I'm working on a couple more Milton books. Oh, um, I have, I have a good night story that I'm working on that doesn't really have a lot to do with money, but, um, but it's cute. And then one more that's more gratitude focused in terms of, um, you know, we always want to buy new things, but also being grateful for what we already have and, and celebrating that. So hopefully those will come out, um, probably next year in 2024. Oh, I love it. We'll have to watch out for that. Well, thank you so much for your time. We'll make sure to include some links below as well um, to the books and to your bio and all those good things. But um, again, thank you. And I'm excited for those books to come out. Oh, thanks, Lauren. Take care. For more behind the scenes conversations and expert insights, subscribe to the podcast. Join us next time as we hear from leaders who are cutting through the clutter and doing things differently on purpose.